None of us can be present 2,000 years ago to witness this, but Jesus wished us to be there. This is why he gave us the Eucharist that we might share his body and blood at the Last Supper, which is what we commemorate on Holy Thursday in each Mass. And as we hear this, this passion, the cycle of Jesus' life this year according to Mark, uh, Mark is often thought to be the, the young man running away with the, uh, in this gospel. It's, we're not certain of it. Um, Jesus invites us at various times of our lives to live the passion with him. I think all of us, when we meet Jesus, it's hard to think in that terms while we live on earth, but it's very close. We all will want to have shared something with him on earth. I think that's one of the secrets as to why we go through the things that we do, is if, you've, if any of you know, if you've suffered something for love of someone else, often it's our family, but not always, we have shared something with them that will never end, that we will always have. It's the truest act of love that we have. So occasionally Jesus invites us into the narrative because each of us is writing with the Holy Spirit a gospel of, of our own lives that Jesus will present to us on the last day. How have I been invited into the narrative of the Passion? We find, not to go over all of them, but just a few, we have this woman with the alabaster jar. I've always liked this. Uh, a couple years ago, one of the Holy Land uh, salesmen gave me a little jar of this oil that they sell in the Holy Land. And I keep it because when we sometimes don't seem to have enough resources that, that we don't know what to do in some situation, this woman did something desperate. She, she gave Jesus something that was worth a couple years wages. It was an expensive thing that may have been perhaps obtained through uh, illicit means and she wants to make a full act of repentance. If I've ever made a full act of repentance, I've done something, I've, she did what she could. That's when I do what I can for Jesus, this is enough. Uh, sometimes we don't have the resources to do everything, but she did what she could. And the gospel begins with this. Uh, when I've done that for Jesus, I'm in the narrative. Uh, then they go to, to prepare a place to have the Passover, which again, we commemorate Holy Thursday again. And when I am trying to clean up my life for Jesus, I'm moving in a direction of more holiness in life. I'm making a room for Jesus so that he can come in in the Eucharist and in life in those we encounter and invite them to dinner with us and he will come in and have supper with me because I'm preparing the inner room for Christ to live forever. And this is what lasts forever. So he wants us to prepare this room. We, this is what Lent was about and it continues throughout our life. Then we find that Jesus tells the disciples, all of them there, They've been faithful for three years. One's about to betray him. And he says, tonight, your faith is going to be shaken. Don't many of us have a place we get to where we feel God may have abandoned us or in some way we seem to have less faith. We wish we had more. We seem to have lost our faith or our faith is shaken in God. When that happens, we are like the disciples who all of them left and yet all came back except one, and Jesus welcomed them back when their faith was restored. This coming and going is a process that many of us, many of you have experienced through Catholics come home, for example, and other ways in which we have sinned and run away from Jesus and then come back. And 
Jesus then invites us to stay with him for an hour. This is anybody that spent an hour in prayer. It's particularly true in the Adoration Chapel, but it's, it's true on Holy Thursday evening, but it's true in our lives that when I pray, I'm with Jesus in Gethsemane. It's always Gethsemane. But notice how he brings three in to be closer to him again, and they all fall asleep. Uh, it reminds me of a story that Fulton Sheen's told about this. He's the guy that, that really popularized holy hours many years ago now, and uh, one time he fell asleep. You ever fallen asleep praying? And I woke up in my chair once after an hour, and I thought of Fulton Sheen, and he said, he's, he, remember, he said to God after falling asleep, he said, he said, Lord, did I make a holy hour? I was asleep the whole time, and the Lord said, well, you know, the first disciples fell asleep too with me in the garden, so I'll give you credit this time, but don't ever do it again. <laughs> so we too, you know, Jesus knows we're human. We want to be all things to him, but sometimes we fall asleep, and that means I've fallen asleep in my journey also with God. But then I wake up, and it's time to get going because life is short. Uh, Jesus is perhaps the most moving thing to me is that Jesus, I wrote this in my column, is, he's blasphemed, but he is slandered, columnated, and detraction. In other words, much of what was said against Jesus was not true. The, the, the religious authorities didn't care how they got him. They didn't care if they broke the law to lie and cheat and slander to get him where they wanted him. Uh, in some ways, we understand why they did this to him. He, they thought he claimed to be God's son, and this was a punishable by death, but they wanted more than his death. They wanted to torture him to death slowly, and they started with their words. And if you've ever been slandered or colonized by somebody, I know many of us have experienced this, I have, uh, but it's true, I, I'm thinking perhaps of people that have been divorced, and sometimes it's a messy thing, and, or somebody once loved us, and now they're, now they're doing everything they can to hurt us, they know just where to hit us, they don't care, somebody at work is spreading things that aren't true. There's so many instances when we go through this, and if you're innocent, it's always Christ. And when you speak with him, you will understand something of what Christ went through for love of us. We have an insight because we've experienced it. And none of these things are pleasant, but Christ wishes us to share something with him because he loved us to death. We want to share something. We want to know something on a real level, not just in a book, not just on Palm Sunday, but in my life as well. The final thing here that I want to just mention is Jesus on the cross. He says, Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As a human being, he felt that great separation from God that we feel at times that God simply isn't there. And yet God is there. And God simply is purifying us at the deepest level. And Christ's psalm ends in the resurrection and so does our story. So as we go through our lives, we too at times walk the passion with Jesus. These are tragedies that nobody wants. But on the other hand, these are things that also make us like Jesus. We understand him better. He only invites us in out of love. We pray that we too will understand Jesus on a real level and allow him to write the gospel of our lives also with him.